now for a highly shortened sermon. I'm going to shoot through this fast, but I think it's very important and uh, is going to be very meaningful to all of us. Again, I'm super excited for our new assistant pastor. We will work him hard. Actually, we've worked him hard for years, so uh, it's well-deserved, so praise God. All right, I want to talk uh, about how we keep Passover today. This is my Passover series. We're in part two, how we keep the Passover today. Think about it. Without the temple, without the priesthood, without a kosher lamb, it is no longer possible to keep Passover in the manner that it's commanded. Just can't do it. But are we not the temple? Are we not the priesthood? Do we not have a kosher Passover lamb? You see, the answer is yes. Therefore, we keep a Passover, a new messianic Passover that is the fulfillment of everything that the old Passover prefigured and foretold. So today we're going to jump in and explore what this means, the reality of Passover in our Savior and in our lives today. So obviously, when we ask about this, people ask us all the time, you know, you guys say you keep Passover, so where's your lamb? And don't you have to sacrifice it in the temple? And not only that, it, you can't sacrifice it, the priests sacrifice it. And so there's a lot of confusion over what it means to keep the Passover. And people, because we have this discontinuity where we view the old as passed away and the new as replacing, we have this like big problem with, well, how do we do these things? Well, actually, the church solved it, but not doing any of it, just kind of doing away with it. But we're different. We actually see the continuity of what we see in the Torah, finding its fullness in Jesus, so that everything that we see, we continue to do, but we do it in its fullness, not in the type and shadow, but in the reality of what that type and shadow communicated. So suffice it to say, we keep the Passover, the new Passover, the one that Yeshua established. He, he's the second and greater Moses. He brought a second and greater Passover. He brought about a second and greater new covenant so that in him, all these things that we used to do now find their highest meaning and fulfillment. So how do we do that? We have a Seder on the 14th of Nisan going into the 15th. This is the time that's holy. This is the week of Passover. This is when it all begins. And we include in that Seder all the symbols and the stories that reteach re or tell us over and over again the great drama of the Exodus, the great redemption of God as he brought his people out of Egypt. So again, our Seders are not actual Passovers, but we still commemorate all that God had done for his people and the Gentiles who sojourned with them. So no one does Passover today, really. All the Jewish people, all the Messianics, what we're doing is we're doing a memorial to the Passover. And for the Jewish people who don't have a temple, don't have a priesthood, uh, um, and don't sacrifice a lamb, of course, today, they still do Passover seders. But they recognize it's not actually 
the Passover that was commanded because it can't be done without the temple. In Messianic Judaism, radically different. We say, no, actually, we, we do have the temple. We're the temple. Jesus is the new dwelling place of God. He dwells with us. Therefore, we are the temple. We have a temple. And we have a sacrifice. The Lamb of God, who was slain before the foundations of the world. So we even have a Passover lamb. And so we continue to do the Passover in the fulfillment of Yeshua's death on the cross. This is a fulfilled version of the Passover. In Yeshua, we commemorate not only the past redemption of the physical descendants of Jacob, but the spiritual redemption as well. This is the new Passover, which fulfills the older one. And this brings me to my next question. Question, what is the main difference between a new Messianic Passover and all of the other rabbinic Passovers that are done in this season? What's the main difference? Can someone give me a J? Right? <laughs> yeah, J-E-S-U-S. Jesus is the main difference. It's the main emphasis in a Messianic Passover Seder. And of course, in unbelieving uh, rabbinic forms of Judaism, uh, Jesus is not present. He is not the focus. He's not the central feature of the Seder. In a Messianic Seder, he is the focus. He is the emphasis. He is the Passover in every true and real way. All that was depicted comes into its reality in and through him. He's the living Lamb of God, not the one that was slain and died, but the one who rose from the dead and is spoken of in the book of Revelation at length as the Lamb that was raised and rules and reigns. All of heaven and earth is given to the Lamb of God that was slain from the foundation of the world. So in John chapter 1 and verse 29, we have John the Baptist. When he sees Jesus, he turns to his disciples and he points to them. This is slide 54. He says in John 1, 29, The next day he saw Jesus coming to him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Behold, the Lamb of God, Jesus, the Lamb of God. And in a Jewish ear, that just means so much. There is so much theology tied into the Lamb of God. In fact, this Lamb of the Father is going to become the Passover Lamb. He's not only represented in the lambs that are sacrificed every day in the morning and the afternoon, but he becomes the central emphasis of the type and shadow of the Passover lamb, itself, uh, Passover lamb itself. So as Paul states in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 6 through 8, Paul, the apostle to the Gentile, speaking by and large to a Gentile church, primarily Gentile, Gentile believers, this is what he says to them. Your boasting is not good. I know I've jumped in the middle of the context. I don't have time to develop it. Go back and read it, okay? But he's in the middle of his epistle addressing a problem that they're tolerating that he says you shouldn't be tolerating. And he says, your boasting is not good. Do you not know that a little leaven leavens the whole lump of dough? Now in the West, we're thinking bread. 
But in the ancient Near East, Jewish mind, they know what Paul's talking about. Leaven as a metaphor for sin. This is tied into the week of Passover, the week that we celebrate unleavened bread for seven days. This is a little leaven. Leaven's the whole lump of dough. Clean out the old leaven. Again, a reference to the week of Passover. This is part of the ritual that we do as a community. Clean out the old leaven so that you may be a new lump just as you are in fact unleavened. And then verses or verse 7. For Christ, our Passover has also or also has been sacrificed. Jesus, our Passover lamb, has also been sacrificed. Now, in the Jewish era, every bell and whistle you can imagine is going off. And in the Gentile era, they're scratching their heads because they're still learning about the Torah, right? But it's interesting that Paul is bringing them up to speed about who Jesus is. Jesus is not only the Lamb of God, he's the Passover Lamb. He fulfills the meaning of the lambs that were sacrificed at Passover. It, it brings up all of the drama of the Exodus and how on that night they killed lambs in their homes, put the blood on the doorpost of, the, of their house and entered into covenant with God. And God said, for those that do this, I will pass over them as I slay the firstborn of Egypt. All of this comes to us fruition in who Jesus is. All of our past Passovers find their fullness and fulfillment in Jesus. We do not need a lamb in our Passover seders. We have one that was foreordained to be slain on behalf of us from before the foundations of the world were created. The physical Passover lambs always represented the Messiah. They always represented the ultimate Lamb of God whose eternal, holy, clean, and pure blood would be poured out in a bloody sacrifice of himself so that we could have an eternal atonement, a complete and eternal forgiveness, and an eternal redemption once and for all. Jesus secured that as the Passover lamb. Verse 8, Therefore, let us celebrate the feast, not with old leaven, nor with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. Keep that slide up for one moment, please. Paul says to this largely Gentile believing community, Therefore, let us celebrate the feast. Who's the us? Gentile Christians. He's saying, by and large, that's the audience, to Gentile Christians, and I'm sure there were a few Messianic Jews there. He's saying to them, let us celebrate the feast. Christians, Jews and Gentiles, together, believers in Messiah, let us celebrate the feast. Why? Because we comprise the temple of God now. We now are the priesthood of God. In fact, in 1 Peter chapter 2, let me just read down through this. Peter says, Therefore, putting aside all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander, like newborn babies, long for the pure milk of the word, so that you may grow in respect to your salvation. 
if you have tasted the kindness of the Lord and coming to him as to a living stone, which has been rejected by men, but is choice and precious in the sight of God, you also as living stones, you, each of you as living stones are being built up as a spiritual house, temple, spiritual house for a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. The reality of the redemption that took place in Egypt and the deliverance out of Egypt were types and shadows of the second and greater Passover, the exodus from sin and shame, where we come out of our personal Egypts of sin and shame, becoming priests before God, lifting up sacrifices of praise to him. We get to, we get to experience and be the fulfillment in Messiah. And then he goes on and, 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 and restates that and even quotes the Torah. So I just want to state, we, when we gather together, there is the temple of God. Wherever we worship and celebrate, there is the priesthood of God. Wherever we share in communion, there is the sacrificed Passover lamb being remembered in his death until he comes again. So let us celebrate the feast. And what feast is that? Paul has made it very clear. He's talking about the festival of Passover post-resurrection, after the cross event, under the new covenant, telling Gentile Christians, let's celebrate Passover. Jesus is our Passover lamb. He's the reality of all the promises made in that first Passover. So why would Paul, the apostle, right, be instructing the Gentile believers to celebrate Passover? Again, because as Gentiles in Messiah, we are grafted into Israel. We participate with Israel as Israel. Believing Jews and believing Gentiles are one new humanity and family in the Messiah. And God told us to remember and observe the Passover in every generation. It's who we are. That's why we do it. It's who we are. It's what we do. It informs us of our past and thus shapes our future and gives us the grit to live today in a world that's becoming an Egypt, right? Think about our world today. It is so whacked. Evil is at an unprecedented height in our nation. We have never seen this level of evil in our nation. This is, this is like the highest it's ever been. And we even see this globally and everything's you know, spiraling out of control. It's like God is just shaking the nations. And we are his people, the light of the world. And in Messiah, we get to proclaim the good news that everyone is invited to be saved and delivered out of this Egypt. This is the message of Passover. As we keep the Passover, as we celebrate Yeshua, it shows the world who we are. And who are we? We are the chosen people. We are Amsegula, the chosen, treasured people of God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, 
and Jacob. We are the ones who were redeemed by the blood of the Lamb of God, the ones who were saved in Egypt and later in Jesus, the Messiah. As believing Jews and as believing Gentiles, we are the Israel of God. So, in conclusion and application, are you ready to make the week of Passover a holy week, special and meaningful to you and yours? It's who we are. This is our holy week. It comes in the spring. We need to think through living as the disciples of Jesus, celebrating these holy times in order to not only experience the redemption that we have in Messiah, but to share it with all those around us. It's a holy week. Make it holy. Clear, clear your schedules, right? For those that are coming to the Seder, we'll kick that off on the 14th. For those that are not able to attend the Seder, for our online audience, if you don't have a place to attend, do a Seder in your home on the 14th going into the 15th, Wednesday, April 5th, in the evening, right? Gather your family together. Make it a holy time. We have Haggadahs on our website. You can download them and print them out and uh, have a great meal together and go through the Seder, the elements of the Seder. Your family will so appreciate. You'll be so empowered as you go through it. But this is what we do every year to keep our focus and and centrality in Yeshua the Messiah. And then, of course, that whole day is a holy day. You set it apart for you and your family. Make a big deal about it. Take, take your time off from work. That's a holy day. And then all week long, you get to eat matzah till it comes out of your ears, right? And, uh, and of course, all of the meaning of what that's all about is to instruct us and our children that we're royals. We belong to God, that we are called to be free men and free women, not entangled with sin and shame, the bondages of the flesh, but called to live as free men and free women. So we'll do that all week long with a a great celebration at the end of the week. You can find that on our website as well. Please come out and and, uh, we'll eat some food and sing and dance and do some liturgy and pray together. It's just amazing. The whole week, I want you to set that aside. If you're new, set it aside. Learn to do it. We do this on an annual cycle. But make this week what it already is, a holy week to the Lord Jesus Christ. It's in him that we find our joy. It's in him that we are saved. It's in him that we are reconciled. So I want to encourage you to do that. The other thing is this. As we come into this season and the focus and emphasis being his death and resurrection, may it remind us of the cost of our redemption. The wages of sin is death. The wages of sin really is suffering and misery, torment, and then death. And he died for us and paid the debt that we owed. So during the season, during the season, I want you to say, Holy Spirit, as I come into the Holy Week, What areas of my life do you want me to experience greater freedom in? What areas of my life are are, are gripped with sin? And I want to just have you show me that in my heart with the intent and the purpose that I'm going to confess that to you and I'm going to ask you 
not only for forgiveness, but the power to break it, the power to walk away from it, the power to be free from that this year so that as we climb into that reality of freedom and liberty, we can also reach out to others around us and lift them out too. So pray with me as we uh, end this service and go into uh, our, our Holy Week um, in this season. Father, we love you. We bless you. Your son is everything to us. All glory and honor and praise be to the lamb that was slain from the foundations of the world. May he be greatly exalted forever and ever, world without end. Amen. Father, we just say to you in the name of Jesus, send your Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, you are welcome to come into our hearts, into our lives, into our homes. And just show us in this season, just show us in this season, speak to each of us. What area that we need to address? What sins that we need to confess? What problems and challenges that we need to overcome? We ask that you would come and do that work in us, empowering us to confess and to turn away from these things as we turn to you and rededicate our lives in this season of Passover. We give you praise and glory. We love you. Come and do this work in us and help us, Lord God. Give us opportunities to share the love of Jesus and the power of your spirit with everyone around us. And may this year's Passover be a, a, a year, a Passover of great freedom and breakthroughs for each and every person here. For those that are watching online, we pray in the name of Yeshua and all God's people said, Amen. Shabbat Shalom.